Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. In Global Church, we're summed up by three values, really, is that we love God, we love people, and we love life. And like we do in Global Church, we start with the end and make our way back to the beginning. And so we're going to start with love life this morning. And love life is about living, loving, learning, and leading. And uh, our four speakers this morning, for living, we've got my beautiful wife, Vicky Ross. And uh, so somebody who I think just, you know, I am biased, she is my wife, but she does, she encompasses this value of living, of just living a full life and having lots of stuff on the go and and increasing her capacity, and she's an awesome woman. Um, After that, we've got loving Selena, Selena Ward, who, along with her husband, Rick, they're leading our our Clifton Moor church plant at the moment, which is, it's going awesome. Uh, So she's going to be speaking on loving and just an awesome person to speak on loving people. And then learning and leading, we have Dave and Lorna Hardy, an awesome couple in church who do, they serve people day in, day out, day in, day out, not just on a Sunday, but you'll see them throughout the week serving people, getting around people. They are awesome people to have in church and really they do, you know, they have, you know, I've known them for years and just to see the growth in them through learning and through leading is incredible. So um, let's put our hands together for our four speakers as we welcome Vic up to the stage. Okay, so I've been given living as one of our global values, and I just want to tell you a bit about what it means to me. So I've grown up in church, and traditionally churches and Christians don't have the best rep. Rightly or wrongly, uh, it's not really necessarily a criticism, but a rep is a reputation. There's a reputation of being a bit dull, the socks and sandals, the, uh, you know, must be in bed by 10 o'clock, living under lots of don'ts and can'ts and won'ts, and it's just not me. I've grown up, um, I love partying, I love dancing, I love going out, I love having fun, always have done, grown up as the party girl. And, um, and saw, the, saw Christians in the church I grew up in and thought, that's not the life I want. And this great life that Jesus promises us and Jesus says that he's come uh, to die for us is not the, what, the life that I really wanted. The life I wanted was the having fun, what my friends were doing who didn't go to church. Um, and so, yeah, so I want to, um, it's, I feel passionate about making life um, attractive, really, and life with God and, and getting everything you can out of it. Um, it says in Jeremiah 29:11 that God's got plans for us, and I believe that they're good plans. It says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I believe those plans are exciting, and they're not dull, and they're not boring, but he wants us to have a great life. And Jesus said in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And I believe that's for all of us, to have life and life to the full. Now, what do you think of when you think of life and life to the full? Do you think of partying? Do you think of an active social life? Do you think of going out and staying out late? They are the things that first come to my mind. They might not be yours. Maybe you think of traveling the world. Maybe you think of uh, lots of different experiences. Maybe you think of lots of leisure time, golf, football, whatever it is that you're into. Maybe you think of fast cars, um, spending time with your friends or your family. 
And all these things are great. And I do believe that God wants them for you. And I don't believe there's such thing as having too much fun. Um, <laughs> but is that all there is to it? And maybe when you think of having life and life to its full, maybe it's that you just want to be happy. But maybe in being happy, you think of what Sam was talking about last week, of the Instagram life, the we've got to feel happy, amazing, elated all of the time, because that's what everyone else is doing, are they? <laughs> and I think if that's what we're aiming for, we're going to be disappointed. Um, and I think there's more to it than that. And it says in Romans, it says... Um, and we know in all things that God works for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. And I think you'll love life the most when you know that God loves you, that you're accepted by God, that he's for you, he's not against you, and that there's a purpose to your life and that you are here for a reason. And helping people to understand that how much God loves them and um, that we're here for a purpose is something we really want to do here at Global. Um, living for a purpose will often mean living for a cause or living for other people. Um, and the first person I thought of when I was thinking of this was Mother Teresa. She's not someone I know a lot about, and she's certainly not known for her partying. I've never seen a picture of her in a nightclub, unfortunately. Um, and, but yeah, and I was thinking then, the celebrities you do see, I'm thinking Love Island, uh, in the celebrities who are known for partying are the ones I suspect probably aren't living life to the full. But living life for a purpose will mean not just doing what feels good to you and not just doing um, what makes you happy. It'll mean putting yourself out for others um, and inconveniencing yourself for others. Um, but in that, you'll build friendships, have new experiences and have a satisfaction. And I know that's what Selena's going to be talking more about, so I'll leave that bit to her. But when you discover your purpose in life, life gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Is loving life all about having fun, though? Is it a living for the weekend? In Proverbs 31, it talks about a wife who is more, far more worthy um, than rubies, and it describes her. It's very long. It's well worth looking up. Um, but I've just got some snippets for you. It says, She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She gets up while it's still night, and she provides food for her family. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable, and a lamp does not go out at night. It says she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And right at the end, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done. It doesn't tell us much about her partying, I have to say. <laughs> Not that I think that's wrong. Um, but we are created to work. And living life to the full isn't just about our leisure time. As much fun as I think we can have in our leisure time and how much God thinks that's great. But God wants us to be satisfied in what we do Monday to Friday as well as just at the weekend on an evening. And working hard and hard work shouldn't mean that we don't enjoy life if we're working at the right things and we know why we're doing it. I think if work's sapping the energy out of you now and sapping the life out of you, it could be that you need to remind yourself it's just for a season. Maybe it's a stepping stone on the way to something else. Or maybe it's a new career you need or a new job. Or maybe it's setting up a business where you're working for your own satisfaction rather than that of somebody else's. 
In Proverbs 31, her life is full on. It's full. It's tiring. She gets up early and she stays up late. And now, often how it is when we're work full-time, we bring up children, we're in church, we have a social life, we have hobbies. It certainly is what my life looks like. I work full-time as a teacher. Um, I have two small children. I play netball. I'm part of the leadership team. We have dinner parties. There's a lot on. But it makes me think of the phrase, um, live full and die empty. And I don't think we'll ever look back on our lives and wish we'd stayed in more rather than coming to church or wish that we'd had more alone time rather than building friendships or wish we'd watch more box sets rather than going out. I think we need to accept that the grass is always greener on the other side. And when I'm busy every night, all I want is a night in. <laughs> and then when I have a quiet week and I'm in, usually because we haven't got a babysitter and Sam's out, um, I want to be busy and I wonder why no one wants to hang out with me. And I have to remind myself, you've chosen this. <laughs> this was your choice. You wanted a quiet week and you have got it. <laughs> we just forget so easily. Um, Enjoying life is about being happy with where you are and being grateful for what you've got and working out from where you are where you want to get to. When you start to get to know Jesus, you find a new hope for the future and you find a faith that with him, things, whatever situation you're in, can get better. And Jesus said um, in John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. And God wants us to have peace. It's part of his, um, the fruits of his spirit. Three of them are love, joy, peace. And God, when we have God on the inside, we have um, God's Holy Spirit, and he wants us to have those things. But he also says, in this world, you will have trouble. He says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And it also says in Romans 8, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loves us. So life won't always feel great. That is just the way it is. Um, God, you know, Jesus promises it. But we can love living when we have a hope and a faith. Seasons of life come and go, and they aren't always easy. For me, seasons of life of having small babies who were stuck to me, who cried and didn't sleep, and being sleep-deprived was definitely not easy. doesn't really fit the party girl sort of, you know, <laughs> lifestyle, does it? Um, and bad things happen as well. Things that are not from God, but bad things do happen. But we, when we go through them, need to believe that God has got, uh, can do the impossible and that we can um, overcome them. Uh, like it says in Romans, that we are more than conquerors through all these things. In the Bible, um, when the Israelites were in the desert, they were meant to be traveling through. They were meant to be traveling through a hard time to get to the promised land, which is what God had for them. But they set up camp there. They stopped. They stayed there. They made it, them its friend. And that's what we can do. Maybe some anxiety hits us and we think, oh, but we make it our friend and it's just my anxiety. It comes and goes. It's all right. Or something bad happens and we suffer from a bit of depression. It's like, oh, I'm just depressed. It's just the way I am. Um, or we live under thoughts such as, I'll never be able to afford. I'll always be poor. Bad things just happen to me. Or we live in constant fear and worry that holds us back. A Christian um, told me a while ago that... Um, that it says in the Bible that, you know, do not worry, but it's just, it's, that's just not possible. <laughs> just, it just doesn't work. And I think part of our journey as Christians is finding out how to access these promises and how to do them rather than writing them off as they don't work and living a substandard life where God doesn't want us to stay. I think living in all its fullness is about believing that God has great things for us and even through the tough times, um, believing that Jesus can help us overcome it. 
In conclusion, for me, our global value is about having life and having it to the full, receiving all that God's got for us. It's not about living for the weekend, but being satisfied with our achievements, being grateful for what we have, and living with a purpose, a faith, and a hope. And that's that. I'll hand over to Selena. So when we first, when we first started thinking about the values, I didn't get given this one. I bagsied this one because I don't know if anybody knows, but I've just opened a wedding dress shop, so I'm all about love at the moment. But this is me and Richard on our wedding day, so I thought it was really apt to have that up there, but I'm not actually going to speak about loving him today. I think when we think about love, we always do think about the love that we have with our partners or with our children. Um, me and Richard have worked really hard on loving each other. We're all in six deep at the moment, so <laughs> clearly... Uh, We've got the kids to show. But um, I think loving your partner and your family, for a lot of people, is a really easy concept to grab hold of. We don't have to put a lot of work into it. it, it it's unconditional love most of the time. Um, much like the love we receive from God, and we've, we've heard about this in the, in the last weeks, you know, from, from Sam. I think once you have this belief and you feel secure in this love that you are loved from God, I think the next, sta- the next step, naturally, is to share that love. Um, so I think that that's what this value stands for above anyone else, above anything else. So the love I'm going to talk to you today, um, it looks a bit like this. So that that love is a community love. That's that's us sharing our love. You know, that's that's all of us guys. It says in Matthew 22:37, the greatest commandment: Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this: Love your neighbour as yourself. So this is Jesus telling us really quite clearly that we are supposed to love God and love each other. And these two commandments, they're inseparable. You can't have one without the other. You can't sit at home loving God and and hating the rest of the world. You have to go on loving people. So clearly we're, we're, we're called to go on loving people in a community sense to love anyone that we come across in life. So this can be in, in your church community, it can be um, the school community, which is where I get stuck in the most, <laughs> on the playground. I'm the most loving person in that playground, which is definitely a skill that you need to acquire because it doesn't really feel like the most nurturing place sometimes. <laughs> but there's no such thing as an unlovable person in God's eyes, and, and we need to see people like that too. So, th- so loving people is an obvious uh, value for Global to uphold, and I, I stand for it definitely. As a church planting movement, we, we can't reach people without loving people. So how do we love in a community sense? So to love is to serve. And like we heard earlier, like Dave and Lorna, they are the most serving, loving people that we've got around. And, you know, if you want to know how to love people, then just take a heads up from them guys. You know, it's not just about teas and coffees. It's, it's so much more. You know, loving people will cost us. It's going to cost us in our time. Whether that's going to a party, you know, spending time with each other, lending an ear, you know, giving people hugs or, you know, advice when people are in need. And it's going to cost us financially, whether that means buying the drinks, you know, inviting people around to your house, feeding people, giving people lifts, putting, you know, the petrol in your car. It's all going to cost us in different ways. And it's going to cost us our preference because a lot of the time we're not going to want to do these things. Uh, You know, like Vic says, we're going to want to sit at home because, you know, sometimes we are going to be diminished in our um, energy and we're going to to feel tired, but we must get up and do things. So our preference may be to stay at home. I know Richard um, needs to kick up the bum for me a lot of the time. Um, (laughs) 
and and sometimes loving people it, it's gonna get messy and it can really you know sometimes uh, it's gonna take a strain on our popu popularity especially if like me you, you can give out a bit of tough love <laughs> um, but what it comes down to at the end of the day is lifting each other up um, learning from one another and being the friend that each of us needs so in Hebrews 10:24 it says this and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So being in church on a Sunday is really important. I'm not denying that, but if you want to be a Christ follower, you have to be one every single day in the context, in the context of all your communities. That's where you'll see ministry happen. So I've got a pebble in my pocket. So... And before I wrap up, I'm going to tell you about my pebble. So <laughs> I don't know if you can see, but it's just a tiny little pebble. It's got a cross on one side. And it says, bless you, on the other side. And a friend actually put this through my daughter one day with the card. And obviously, the card was the thing that really got me. I'm a bit emotional, and I cry at everything. But yeah, it was just a card to say thank you. And it, it was just to say thank you for, to me for, for being me and for helping this particular friend come into church. And it meant the absolute world to me. Um, and that's why I've got the pebble today, because I feel like this is a really small, insignificant thing to a lot of people. But to me, it really does mean a lot. This is a, this is a tiny little, tiny little piece of love that somebody's given to me. And it's the little things in life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand around a jar of mints. It's not like a minty communion or anything. It's just, uh, just pass them round. <laughs> Take a mint, pass it around. So when... When you're passing these around, I just want you to think. Think about some situations in your life where you can serve up some more love. Offering somebody a mince is, is a really it's a simple thing to do, but just think what that can do for you in relation to making relationship with people. You know, I was talking to Richard this morning about like how I was going to explain this, and I said, um, you know, it's like me being in the playground. Like offering somebody a mint gives you a door to a conversation, so you can say to somebody, "Would you like a mint?" "Oh yes, thank you." Um, what was your name again? <laughs> Jude. <laughs> I don't know why I said Jude. And then I thought, oh, hey, Jude. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I was going to sing, but Sam did that last week, so <laughs> I'll not do that. But a tiny little mint, it's you step into these relationships, you know. And I don't know about anyone else, but you know, them cherry drops you get. If you offered me one of them, I'd be your best friend forever. <laughs> But, you know, these are tiny little things that we can do to show our love. It's, it's just a tiny, tiny little way of starting off that relationship with somebody. So the next step you could have is, you know, next time you see them, it's, you know, how, how's your day been? How are you? You know, and then they can open up to you. And then before you know it, you can invite them to things. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to learn to to reach out to people, be open, you know, the little things are really, really important and they will build into these really great, meaningful relationships. And with that relationship through us, hopefully they can receive that all-important love from God that we all need. So, thank you. Yeah, so I get the uh, joys of talking about learning. Um, I've got to get the guys just to put up a, a clip from off the uh, global website. And this is what learning is to us as a church and as to us as a value. It says, learning shouldn't stop with education, but we believe we should continue to learn throughout life. No one is born with the answers, but we can learn through mistakes or learn from the experiences of others. Either way, we believe that we should continue the journey of learning and growing throughout life. 
I don't know about you guys, but how many of you have seen the, old, the classic 80s movie, Back to the Future, where Marty McFly goes back in time to fix the mistakes of his dysfunctional family. We all know he succeeds in the nick of time, the help of his crazy sidekick, Doc, and the DeLorean time machine. I mean, how good would that be for us if we could just go back in time and fix some of the mistakes that we made in our life? I mean, if you said no, you're lying, because at some point, you maybe have said to your kids, if you've got them, don't make the same mistakes I did. If I had my time again, I'd have knuckled down and done it differently. Or it might be something completely different. You might, way back in the past, what you're carrying along with you, and it's just become this burden, this extra baggage that you're carrying around with you. You're taking it into a new relationship, into your marriage, into your workplace, down to your local pub. But unfortunately for us, uh, painful events from a decade, a moment, uh, even just like a moment or so ago, can't be altered with a crazy sidekick or DeLorean. Our mistakes come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Some are tiny, minuscule, and can be rectified quite easily. Some are colossal and can lead to long-term regret, potentially leading on to depression, anxiety, drink, drugs, addictions, unhealthy uh, relationships. But um, I'm going to share from John 16:33, which Vicky's already brought. But this is from the Amplified Version. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulations, distress, suffering, mistakes, baggage. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. That same victory that raised Jesus out of the grave is the same victory that lives in you guys, lives in you, me, lives in the guys out there we're trying to reach. And that victory is what's going to help you step into your freedom, into your, into your future. So I've got three points for you this morning. And the first one is, is just embrace who you are. Um, if I asked Sam, Rossi, I said, what is it you've got in common with me? with Rich, Lorna, Tom, and it's not a trick question, um, it's that we're all human. And we all miss the mark, we all make mistakes, but this gives us access to the biggest membership and most inclusive association on earth, the Being Human Club. Like the prodigal son who messed up big time, he made the biggest mistake probably of his life by taking his inheritance early. He left, um, squandered it on wild living, probably drink, drugs, women, material things that have no benefit to him in the long run. Man, the guy even lived with pigs. I mean, I've, I've worked with pigs. I mean, I only did three days. All I did was put them on a wagon and take them off at the other side. And I stung Lana maybe strip before I came into the house. <laughs> but, <laughs> 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 yeah, so that guy had it pretty bad. So, yeah. Um, but he turned on a sixpence and he realized the mistakes he'd made. And he, he returned back home to his father, who had open arms. He was clothed in the fresh, the best of linen, with a ring placed on his finger. And that's the same for us. We, we can have this. It's, it's there for us too. Number two is embrace what Jesus has already done. I think as humans, we all fall into the trap of comparison. We like to compare our mistakes, what we're going through, the seasons that we're going through, with your friends down at the local, in at work, or wherever it is you may be. But Jesus, who was 100% God, became 100% human. So he understands our weaknesses, 
So he'd die for whatever it is you did or you didn't do. And he, was un- and he endured ultimate pain, suffering, so we didn't have to. And was under no illusion of the past, present, and future sins that he was dying for. Number three is embrace the road ahead. You can't change your past, but we've got to keep looking forward to what God's got planned for us. It's, it's that one step at a time. Just take the one step at a time. It's going to be rocky. You're going to get people trying to knock you off either way. But say focus on God's word. Life's a marathon. It's not a sprint. In Jeremiah 29, 11, again, stole it from Vix, not. But from the message, in the message version, it says, I know what I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. He's got it all planned out for you. Yeah? Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Don't worry about what those guys are saying to you on your left. Don't worry about the past they're dragging up on you. Don't worry about what they're saying. Don't worry about those mistakes. Because the plans I've got for you are so much better. Plans for the future you hope for. So my one question to you this morning is, courtesy of Pinterest, (laughs) we all love a bit of Pinterest, is accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. Have faith in a father that loves you unconditionally, you're accepted, you're forgiven, he's full of grace. So you don't need to worry about your past, what you're bringing around with you, he's got it covered. Thank you. Fantastic. How are we doing? Are we enjoying what's been brought so far? Have we got room for one more? Yeah, we, we can do one more. Just fantastic what everyone's bringing. So we've had living, loving, learning, and I'm going to do leading for you. So when we think of leading, what comes to mind? Is it business, in your workplace, in your finance, family, or in church? You know, we, we all have aspirations, we all have dreams where we want to lead in certain areas and we want to do certain things. But first and foremost, what we need to be doing, we need to be leading ourselves well. That is at the centre of everything, you know, for leading. We need to make sure that we're leading ourselves. If we still persist in trying to lead others, but we're not leading ourselves well, are we at risk of leading people down the wrong path? And that was a question that came to mind. And I was thinking of, say you've got a gym membership, and you want to push yourself further, you want to learn more skills, and you want to learn how to eat healthy, so you book a um, a personal training session, so you're going in there expecting really good things to come of it, and when you go there, it's not what you expected, they're not dressed that appropriately, they look as though they can't be bothered, they're sat down and they're eating a load of unhealthy food, chocolate and chips and all this, you're like, well, what's going on? I don't quite understand what's happening here. And you think, well, you know, we'll give them benefit of a doubt. Maybe I'll, I'll book a second session and, you know, they might be all right the next time. They might have stuff going on. So you book a second session and then same again, they're eating all this food. But second time round, they've got a bag for you. Five guys, burgers and fries, come on. So what do you do? with it? They're offering you that. What do you do? Do you take it? Do you think, well, you know, technically they're meant to be leading me in this path. So... If they're doing it, I should be okay, right? You know, and it's the thing of unable to lead ourselves, there is a risk of leading others in the wrong direction. This is why it's so important that we're leading ourselves well.
and just on the screen, we're going to pop up um, an image of the holistic circle. Now, some of you might have seen this before. Dave has spoken about it. Sam's spoken about it a few times as well. And I just thought this summed it up really great on, on the image there. So there's four parts of the circle, um, and they're all even. They're all the same quantity. So we have financial, health, relationships, and spiritual and like I said, all of those are the same size as each other, so that is a well-balanced scale. And when I was going through CBT therapy a few years ago, I had to do a pie chart exercise. And what, the, what he said to me was, I want you to um, a pie chart of how you are present day, of how your life is at the moment, and then I want you to do one of what you want it to be in the future. So present day, I was, obviously I was going through this therapy. I was struggling immensely with mental health. I wasn't very well at all, and it was taking over a huge chunk of my life. So when I did the part of the present day, the pie chart, um, that took over, I would say, more than three quarters of that circle because that consumed me, that illness consumed me massively. So then it only left a tiny little bit for everything else. So in there, I needed to fit in my relationship with God, my work life, my friends, my you know my relationships and my friends and family so things started failing because I was trying to cram it all into that little that little space so work wasn't great I kept getting pulled into the office because I just wasn't leading myself well relationships were failing my health was drastically failing because it was unbalanced it wasn't even it was unbalanced and so I, I just wanted to put that up there just you know in, in my future one it was evenly balanced. I didn't have the, the issue with the mental health. I was evenly balanced, so therefore I could lead myself. When you're unbalanced, you can't. When, you, when you're equal, all those parts are equal, you're able to lead yourself well. And I've got a couple of points that I want to bring. Um, the first one is be an example. So be an example by the way that you're, that you're living your life. And I'm just going to um, read from Titus 1, 7 to 9. The overseer, as God's steward, must be blameless, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, um, not violent, not greedy, for dishonest gain, but financially ethical. And he must be hospitable to believers as well as strangers, a lover of what is good, sensible, upright, fair, devout and self-disciplined. Above reproach, whether in public or in private, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy word of God as it was taught to him, so that he will be able to both give accurate instruction in sound, reliable, error-free doctrine and to refute those who contradict it by explaining their error. So I haven't put that up there to say you've got to make sure that you conform into this list of things. I'm not saying that at all as, as what you know has been brought previous. We make mistakes, we do things wrong and we fail sometimes and that's, that's just part of being human. But what we can do is we can aspire. So we can aspire to that list of things and we can think, yeah, I'm going to keep going, I'm going I'm to keep trying and if I fail, I'm going to brush myself off and I'm going to try again. You know, so that's not saying you've got to conform. It's we've got to keep striving, want it, just keep striving for that. So don't be an example by the things that you do. Be an example by the way that you live. It's not just about accomplishments, material things or status. It's about how you live. How are you living your life? How do you handle the tough times? How do you support others? How are you living? If we are leading, if you are leading yourself well, 
then people will naturally want to follow. So it, I saw it as a bit like a ripple effect. So if you're leading your life um, well, then you know positivity and love will just ripple out. And so anyone that's in your life will catch that. So my second point is you can't do it alone. We need to be led by God as we then lead others. So when we are leading others, we need to stay connected. And we need to stay connected with God and God's word. And I've got Hebrews 4.12. And for the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul, spirit and the, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. So we need to have that connection in order for us to be able to lead correctly. And we need to be in a relationship with God and in constant conversation with him. And Sam brought it the other week when he was talking about prayer. It is that constant relationship. It's not just five minutes on a morning. It's, it's constantly. And it's keeping in that relationship with him because that will make you stronger. And that will then just flow out of you and you'll be able to lead others well also and in 1 Thessalonians 5 17 to 18 it says be unceasing and persistent in prayer in every situation no matter what circumstances be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ so grab hold of what God has entrusted you to do you have got a plan and a purpose as, as we've heard you know, previously from the talks, you have a plan and a purpose. And when I first got given um, hosting to lead, uh, when I was first given it, I didn't realise that I was meant to be leading it, which seems a bit daft. But I was like, I just, I just couldn't get my head around it. I wasn't doing it right. I'm thinking, I can't do this. And then someone said to me, Lorna, you're leading this. And so as soon as I got that confirmation, I could then grab hold of it and run with it. And yeah, we may have made a few mistakes, but we're still on the hosting team, so we must be doing something right. <laughs> so yeah, so I, t I just grabbed and ran. As soon as I got that confirmation, I thought, I'm leading this, you know, and I'm going to go with it. So God will use you for great things if you let him. It doesn't matter what your insecurities are. You need to let go of them and choose to let God use you. God wants us to lead, but we need to step up and accept the call. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.